The Wholeness Network. Awaken to the reality of wholeness. Bob Berg is a sought-after speaker and award-winning author. He is an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. His book series, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann, has been a huge influence here at the Wholeness Network. We are so excited this morning to join um, with one of the authors of The Go-Giver. This is my marked up copy. <laughs> Bob Burke, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank and you. I love the principles of your book. We, as we've started to read it and take notes and apply it, I, I just can't believe how quickly my life has shifted in just a week. And so, um, we're we feel so privileged to ask you some questions this morning. Um, I and these are random thoughts as I've tried to start working with the material and applying it. So, um, they're in no particular order, but. <laughs> the first question is, these principles, these five principles, can you just integrate them all at one time, or is there a sequential order? I feel like in some ways we started um, at number four or, you know, number one, or we've got pieces of number three, but um, do you need to start at the beginning to add them all into your life, or do you just add them pieces at a time? No, wholeness definitely comes into play here because these are, are applied holistically. Uh, all five of these principles, based on a, in a based on an overall premise, these five principles all work together. Uh, in fact, we often say that trying to apply just one, two, three, or even four of them without all without all five really is gonna is going to take away a lot of the potential value. Of, of the entire process. So, so now this is definitely a, uh, a, a holistic uh, type of program, if you will. Okay, great. And um, one of the things I love that you talked about or that you covered that there are many different reasons people find jobs and find work to survive, to save money or to serve. And it was interesting to me that as people, whatever they chose in their business or their work, as they started all of these, applying all of these principles, it seemed like no matter what industry they were in or how they were serving, it made everything better. <laughs> um, like Deborah Davenport, who hated her job and wanted to quit until she started recognizing that principle of authenticity so do you feel like people no matter what industry or what job or whether they feel like they're in a place they can serve or not if they apply these principles will it change things well i think generally speaking we are we're built we're created to want to have a purpose uh, to want to be involved in something bigger than ourselves to make a difference and we can do this in many ways that uh, regardless of the actual job uh, that we're that we're doing, in Daniel Pink's um, 
magnificent book, uh, Drive, what, what motivates us. He talked about it, the fact that, that uh, just even as, let's say, as an employee, while money is certainly important because we need that to for the survive part, right, and to, to begin to save, um, that really does not rank first in terms of why people have a, a certain job. People, and he, he um, based a lot of this on the work of professors Decci and, oh, I think O'Shaughnessy, um, uh, two university professors, but he talked about that, that mainly what we really want is we want autonomy. Okay, we, we want choices, we want to be in control of our destiny, of our, of our lives, so forth. Um, so that's very important. Also, there is mastery. We want to be able to, to master a thing. We want to, to have excellence in, in, in what we do. And then there's also relationship. Uh, relationship is a big driver of people. So when you're in a company where you're able to have all three, you feel as though you're part of it, right? And you feel you're trusted. You have that autonomy. You're able to to master a, a skill. You're able to have relationships with others. You feel as though you're, you know, I mean, I, I think that's what, what, what people want. Now, as leaders, when we can give that to someone, right? Give that by helping them, by really understanding what motivates them. And of course, we learn that only through asking and listening. But when we can create that environment for others where they feel as though they really uh, are involved in something special and have a chance to contribute, I think that just makes life work and everything better for, for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. I love it. I loved in the book, I loved that it was created as a parable. And I even love that you used that word because that gives the reader an opportunity to put themselves into the book and to, and because it's a story, then they can see themselves within the story. And I, I think that was such a genius idea. That's one of my favorite parts about it. So it became less of a to-do list and more of a, like just being part of something greater because it was this beautiful story and, and so well done. Thank I loved John, it. John David Mann, my co-author, really deserves the credit for that. He is the he's the writer of the team. I mean, I'm a how-to guy. I'm step one, step two. <laughs> John is just a brilliant storyteller and and writer. So uh, I really thank him, uh, and all, all credit for the readability of the story goes to John. I'm the more how-to too. Robin's the story in our in our <laughs> in our group. Yeah, it's a nice collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's great. I loved it. You know, so many of these healing industry type people struggle with this ability to create an income off of that, you know, and so let's talk about that for a little bit. What you said that was common and yeah, well, first it's common with a lot of people, but especially mm -hmm. within the healing arts, there seems to be a real dichotomy in people's minds. Uh, we call this the treacherous dichotomy or the false dilemma, the unnecessary use of the word or. I either want to provide great value and service to others or I want to make a lot of money. But now let's question our premises. Why should that be the case? Why is it one or the other? Who says? And whoever said that, who told them? Where did they learn that from? And how did that hurt? Well, you know, Life is, is based and the way we live our lives is based on our belief systems. And those belief systems, uh, how we see the world, the model 
from, from which we, we see the world was really given to us before we were too young, before we were old enough, excuse me, to be able to question those premises. And so, you know, our uh, upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television, movies, we get our messages from pretty much everywhere around us. Though by the time we're a little more than toddlers, it's pretty much etched in, in stone. And we tend to live our entire lives through what I call an unconscious operating system where we think we're making all these conscious choices, but really we're making limited choices within limited frames. And the world around us has given us, when it comes to prosperity and money and things, I won't say mixed messages, I would say negative messages, right? I mean, if you really pay attention, you'll see that, that I mean, you would think that anyone who has done well financially did it on the backs of others or by doing something crooked or dishonest or taking advantage well it's a big world so there's plenty of people who do bad things but by and large especially to the degree that you operate within a free market economy and when i say free market i simply mean no one is forced to do business with anyone else people do so on their own volition well why do people do business with you because they believe they will benefit by doing so and that's the only reason they should do business with you or with me or from anyone else. Now, we would say that to the degree that you provide immense value to others, you have earned the right, not, not, not the entitlement, but the right to receive as well. In fact, we would say that to not receive, you're actually shutting down the flow. If you refuse to receive, you're not able to stay in business. And the people who need your help so much are not going to have access to it. But, you know, it's really, it's a lot like breathing out and breathing in. You know, we, it's not one or the other. If you're going to survive, if you're going to thrive, you can't just breathe out, mm -hmm. right? Any more than the tide can just go out. You've also got to breathe in, breathe out carbon dioxide, breathe in oxygen, breathe out, which is giving, breathe in, which is receiving. Uh, you know, one of my great friends, Randy Gage, one of today's, authorities on uh on on prosperity thinking i i listen to his his uh podcast i read his blog posts i watch his prosperity tv because i believe it's very important that we keep that we actively proactively bring in good prosperity thoughts since we're given so much garbage every day by those around us but he he brings up a great point if you watch a movie and and from now on whenever you watch a movie watch this from now on especially the biggest selling movies, there are typically two types of characters. There are the good people who are usually struggling. They're portrayed as poor, but happy, right? They're poor, but happy. And, but they're always stepped on, stepped over, pushed down, pushed around, bullied by who? The rich people, those evil rich people who are uh, horrible and cowardly and right you know you see this all the time uh the look at the the messages that we get in these he, he talks about the first uh, spider-man movie where where peter parker is talking with his uncle ben and and talking to peter asking why they're so poor and, and uncle ben says well peter we may not be rich but at least we're honest <laughs> what a horrible horrible message that is Okay. I mean, what's the underlying premise? If you're honest, you're poor. If you're rich, you're dishonest. 
Now, I think, well, that's just one time. No, you see it all the time. And Randy does a beautiful vignette about these different movies that have so many of these messages in there. Now, there's no conspiracy by movie makers in Hollywood to keep us safe. No, nothing like that. It's just what sells. It's what sells. And so when you watch a movie from now, when you watch a newscast, when you listen to someone talk about evil millionaires, okay, and I'm not being political, I'm just saying, watch it, pay attention to it. Ask yourself the question, why? why? When you walk past a, a, a big home, do you say, oh, I wonder what that person had to do to afford, to afford such a big home? Or do you say, I wonder how that person found so many people to serve and add value to in the marketplace in order to have that home. Start checking your premises. And again, start getting books like, you know, Randy's books are, are, are wonderful. David Nagel, The Millionaire Within. Bob Proctor, You Were Born Rich. Uh, Ellen uh, Rogan, who's a, a financial advisor in Chicago. I'm trying to think of the name of her book, and I apologize. I'm not, but, but she works out with, uh, she's a financial advisor who specializes in working with women, although the principles work for everyone, but it's basically the approach is holistic. The approach is mindset. The approach is it right, and these are the things we need to do. Um, we need to respect the fact that the only way we can make a lot of money is by providing a lot of service to others. And if we provide this service to others, I'm sorry, but we're going to have a lot of money coming in. <laughs> when I say sorry, I mean I'm not sorry. <laughs> I mean it's great. So start questioning any negative premises, or you know any negative thoughts about money and wealth and just ask why why is that true do you think there's more people that struggle with needing to have that prosperity mindset or is there more people needing to um think about giving away you know being more um giving with their with their what they're putting out in the world or I, I think it's both, but there's a there's a big issue with, you know, law number five, the law of receptivity. Well, I mean, that's the one that brings it all together, right? The mm -hmm. key of giving is to stay open to receiving. We hear from more people that that was their biggest issue and that that law, the way it was explained, finally gave them permission to receive. Now, uh, we're honored to, to know that someone would find that kind of value, that, but we feel badly that it would take something like that to give someone permission to receive. But that's how it is, that is the way of the world. And that's again why I say we need to make a proactive choice to study prosperity because all the other garbage, that comes in naturally. You read it, you see it, you hear it, you sense it, you get told it, right? And, mm -hmm. um, and, and so, yeah, we, we need to actively, if you're in the healing arts, if, if, you, if you have any product or service that helps another human being to the degree that you can communicate that value and help those people, that's the degree that you have earned. Mm. I am having a big aha moment about it because, you know, for me as a woman, a lot of times those negative, those negative messages are about my looks or my weight or my whatever. And so I have brought i mean so i'm very active about making sure i have counteractive messages that i listen to so that i feel beautiful or whatever you know because those messages come across i need to do that you know i do that every day i make that a priority and i haven't as much with prosperity i and i should there's no reason why i should not so uh, i know the principle i just haven't incorporated it that side i think that's amazing yeah that's beautiful and 
I think people in the same way, we find a lot of people who are very loving and very giving that we work with and that we serve, and yet they struggle to love themselves. You know, it's the same kind of thing. They won't allow themselves to have the same kindness that they give other people. Um, and I know that you shared that all these principles are not just about business, that they're about relationships, they're about life, they're about being successful as an individual. And um, some of our um, our audience that we serve are women that have really been in abusive relationships or uh, relationships where they have given and given and given and not received that back. And so what, what would be your advice to them? How do you fit boundaries into being a go-giver? Okay, well, that's certainly a, a wonderful question and a very important question. So let's, let's take it from a couple different points. Uh, first, let me just share the very basic premise of what being a go-giver is, okay? And then we'll address the actual specific question. A go-giver is simply someone who understands that shifting their focus from getting to giving is not only a more pleasant way of conducting business and living life, it's actually the most financially profitable way as well. Uh, not for some way, way, way out there woo-woo type of reason. It actually makes very logical sense. When you're that person who can take your focus off of yourself and place it on others, um, bringing value to their life, uh, helping them in whatever way they desire to be helped or you know, uh, solving their problem or whatever it happens to be, people feel good about you. People want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be in relationship with you. And again, this is business. It's personal. It's social. It's related. What have you? Um, so it just, you know, it, it obviously it makes it makes sense. Now, that said, when we talk about shifting your focus from getting to giving, that should in no way, and I'm talking both business and personally, in no way should being a go giver ever be confused with being anyone's doormat or being a martyr or being self-sacrificial in any way. Absolutely not. If you're in business and someone's trying to take advantage of you and you're continuing to give to them without protecting, you know, your own interest, well, that's just setting yourself up for failure to be taken advantage of. That's being a martyr. That's not part of being a go-giver. If you're in a, you know, a physically or emotionally abusive relationship, of course, if you can possibly get out, you get out. You're with a toxic person who has no right to be in, in your life. Um, if you find yourself being taken advantage of, uh, it's not because you're a giving person, it's because you're doing certain, and I'm talking about a pattern of being taken advantage of, we're all gonna in our life be taken advantage of at one time or another, that's, you know, but I'm talking about a pattern of such. Um, then it's not because you're nice or you're kind or you're giving, it's because you're doing things a certain way that, that allow you to be taken advantage of, okay? So yeah, we, we've got to then understand that that's about us and that's about coming to grips with, you know, and understanding who we are as a person and what we, what we choose to be as a person. So, so no, giving or, you know, the, the focus on, uh, on creating value for others, uh, it, it should never just be, you know, a one-way street and, and lead to, back in the, in the story, um, uh, you might remember that, that Pindar, the main mentor, was talking with Joe, and Joe asked him how he was able to be so happily married for 50 years, and, and, uh, and Pindar said, well, I, 
because I, I care more about the happiness of my wife than I do myself. And now Joe, and we made sure to put this in there because we knew people would ask based on the on political correctness and so forth, we had Joe ask, well, wouldn't some call that codependent? Mm -hmm. And Pinder said, some probably would. You know what I call it? And Joe said, happy? And Pinder said, right. But look, let me tell you where that really came from. Um, when I was about probably 11 or 12 years old, I asked my dad, my, my parents have had a wonderful, wonderful marriage. And um, I remember asking my dad at that time, you know, when so many of my friends' parents were getting divorced. And I said, um, Dad, why, you know, how is it that you and mom have such a great marriage? Uh, and, you know, so many of my friends' parents don't. And he, he said, well, you know, he said, I, I, I can't speak for them. He said, but I can just tell you personally that when you really, really love a person, you actually care even more about their happiness than you do your own. He said, however, you've got to realize that when you're with the right person, they care about more about your happiness than they do your own. And that's where we did the thing about a hundred a relationship being 100% instead of 50-50. Now, again, I want to make it clear that when we say caring more about their happiness than about your own. That doesn't mean you're sacrificing. That doesn't mean you're a doormat. That doesn't mean you're being unhappy because they're happy. It means you are, it means your values are such that you so identify with their happiness, you're actually placing their interests first. So there's nothing about that that is negative or codependent. Okay. Yeah. But so, you know, so, so it's, it's, it's kind of understanding that, which is, which is key. Which is the same principle. You've got to make sure you're inhaling as much as you're exhaling. Absolutely. 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 Mm -hmm. Right. And there's nothing wrong with inhaling. That's right. <laughs> oh, exactly. exactly. And, and what happens is when you become that person who's known for those kinds of relationships, again, business, social, what have you. Uh, you start attracting more of those people into your life. And, you know, people say, well, but what about when you attract the, the not? Aren't you, like, less apt to notice? No, you actually are kind of more aware of it because so many people are coming into your life who are those other 100 percenters, those people who are really looking out for you, that you start to really notice it very easily when someone is coming into your life who isn't that way. And then, you you know, you handle appropriately. Well, and I love how it talks about to um, be mindful of your expectations. You know, what are you expecting to happen in that relationship? Because that's what you'll find. And that was really powerful to, for me. Yeah. Well, you know, we always say when dealing with others, when we talk about positive expectation. Well, and, you know, if you really expect someone to be, let's say, kind and helpful and, and what have you, you know, so often they are. And so people say, well, so are you saying that, when you, you, you put that out there and so it changes the other person. No, it really doesn't change the other person. It changes you. It changes your expectations. So when you walk into that, let's say that, that um, city hall bureaucrat who can be very difficult, okay? If you go in there expecting a knockdown, drag out fight, you're going to go in there defensive. And you're going to go, right? And that's, but what if instead you just in your mind, you imagine this person's going to be just wonderful and helpful and is going to just go out of their way. And so you go in there, how? With gratitude. Yes. And everything about your energy that you're putting out there 
says gratitude and you come in with a smile and you got right and if they say something that that maybe sounds a little bureaucratic you say oh yeah well i understand why that's so important thank you for you know doing such a, a great job and, and all of a sudden they're like melting because it's like wow this person really likes me and appreciates me and respects me how do you not go out of your way for someone like that so it's not the positive expectation changes the other person it's that it changes us and that's what changes the other person oh, i love that i love that too i love that, I love that too. um here's one more question for you i i feel like as we have worked in our business and tried to figure out what to give people, you know, what is the value people need? I feel like sometimes um, what we want to give may not necessarily be what other people want to receive. So <laughs> how do you figure out uh, in business or in relationships what the other person really needs? Okay, so this is actually everything. And, and let me explain why. When we talk about the law of value, we have to understand first the difference between price and value. Price is a dollar figure. It's a dollar amount. It's finite. It is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something, to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings someone so much worth that they will willingly, in this case, let's say, exchange their money for it okay but here's what we need to understand value is always in the eyes of the beholder it's not what you or i think is of value or what we think they should think is of value it's what they believe is of value so the question then becomes well how do we understand that figure it out well you know sales okay is simply discovering what the other person wants needs or desires in other words what they find to be of value and helping them to get it we can only understand this by asking questions and then listening and listening with no filter <laughs> just listening totally to understand where they're coming from and why and what and what's their belief system and how did they get that and where does that come from and what do they right and as we get to understand them with no judgment just absolutely just understanding what now we can connect the benefits of what we provide with what they find to be of value that's brilliant we would love to hear what your experience or definition of fullness is well, I mean, when I think of wholeness, I, I think of that entirety, who we are in our entirety. And I think of, let's say, happiness, okay? Now, happiness can have different definitions. There's the, the dictionary definition, the mental feeling of well-being, which is a good definition. My definition of happiness is an ongoing or i should say a genuine and ongoing feeling of joy and peace of mind the result of living congruently with one's values mm. okay when we do that we're happy now that tends to be and then we bring wholeness in we have different aspects of our lives that make up the whole right there's 
financial, physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, social, relational, and you know what? Probably a dozen others that you know that I don't because that's your specialty. But I think of when we bring these, when we're living congruently with our values in all those different areas, there's happiness because there is that sense of wholeness. Great. Well, well, thank you so much. And and so we've got um, the beautiful Go-Giver and you've got a few other books as well. Do you want to tell people about your other books? Sure. Well, the Go-Giver is part of a series. So there's four, of them. three of them are parables. So there's the Go-Giver. Then the next one after that is the only one not a parable, and that was Go-Givers Sell More, which was more of an application guide for salespeople and entrepreneurs on how to sell the Go-Giver way. The next parable was the Go-Giver Leader, and then our last one, which is both John's and my favorite of the series, this is the Go-Giver Influencer. And if you're an animal lover, you'll really like this one because it's built around a whole animal uh, uh, setting. Um, but, uh, but anyone who would like to get chapter one of any of the books to see if they like them first can go to Berg, B-U-R-G dot com and just scroll down to, um, uh, to where they see the different books and you can click on them and get chapter one. And we also have a, on the blog, uh, a video series right now it's on people skills. And there was one before that, that was on, um, creating endless referrals for your business. So again, people who are in the healing arts and other coaches and other people who just want to be able to, to do it in a way that they feel very comfortable with the process, uh, you know, can, can go through. And those are all free resources on the site. Oh, that's, that's great. That's great. And is there anything we can do for you? We appreciate your time so much. Is there any way we can serve you? You can just remain your awesome, wonderful selves and continue <laughs> to bless everyone with the great work you're doing and helping them. And, and I just wish you all wonderful continued success. Thank you so much. and growth at thewholenessnetwork.com.